Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And this is part two of Emergency Alert. Where are all the homes for sale? Thank you for all the great feedback on day one, which was yesterday. We really certainly appreciate it. And if you guys would like to um, ever communicate with Julie and I, it's very simple. You can text me directly at 512-758-0206. Or as most of you do, just message uh, Julie or I over on Instagram. And we're at Tim and Julie Harris. So Julie, let's roll into day two. That's point right. number seven. You got it. And again, the point of this series is for you to not just find listings for your buyers to buy, but also find listings for you to list. All of these points can accomplish both goals. Point number seven, this is part two. Connect with, this is something many of them have never thought about before. Connect with assisted living care housing intake directors. Most people pay for their assisted living care costs by selling their home and cashing out the equity. The housing intake coordinators are a great source of those leads. Provide value by being a liaison between the homeowner and the director, and the director will love you. You can modify your pre-listing package to include contacts for estate sales specialists, pet rescue, attorneys, estate attorneys, moving and storage, all of those things. Provide value. And guess what? This is one of those categories where virtually nobody ever talks to them. Well, and frankly, not a lot of agents even know how to do this. Let me just give you guys an overview. A lot of the assisted care facilities, they usually offer three levels of care. And the first one would be like a shared room. The second one would be maybe it's a, a condo, right? It's a building with, you know, a, basically an apartment. And the third level is going to be where it's essentially a house or maybe it's a, maybe it's a freestander or maybe it's a... Like a patio home type of exactly. thing. Exactly. So you guys get it. And each of these costs a different differing levels of uh, money every single month. And um, most of, like Julie, I remember when Julie's uh, grandparents were going into a place called, what was it called? Uh, Faradine Farad- in Ohio. Right. Faradine in Ohio. And one of the things that they did, very smart couple, the Fultzes were, yes, is they sold their house and mostly got rid of almost all their assets before they went in. Why? Because when they showed up at Faradine's doorstep, Faradine did an asset search on them. Faradine asked for copies of all their accounts. Faradine asked how much they were making in Social Security. And based on that, Faradine then could decide what they were going to charge them. You mean them. they pre-qualified them? They pre-qualified yeah. them, right. And so what they had done is, for example, if they had shown up, and I think they they, they ended up in a uh, smaller uh, residential yes. unit, but they started out in a freestander, didn't mm-hmm. they? So when they showed up, if they had had a bunch of assets, let's say they showed up, we want to live in that particular unit, the whole thing, and they did an asset, uh, you know, essentially a profile on them, Faradine would have, and they saw that they had a house, they had a vacation house, they had an account with all this money. What Faradine was going to do, what they would have done, and how these places make money, is they would have uh, assi- they would have taken those assets. They would have said, based on what you want, you can afford this. This is how much it's going to cost per month. And those places, guys, are really freaking expensive. For the nice one, ones are, yeah. The, well, even the, yeah, exactly. We're talking about four, five, six, ten, maybe even fifteen thousand a month. 
And they're all inclusive. It's like a really fancy resort in some there, cases. There's a new, brand new one being built in Columbus that's 12000 a month to start. For an individual. Yes, it's like a high-rise type of thing. Yeah, amazing. And Now, some of them are subsidized by uh, the government. A lot of them are. And in those, you actually can't have an... I remember when you and I were uh, researching this when we were in uh, Georgetown mm -hmm. for no particular reason. <laughs> and uh, we were uh, looking into how that worked. Some of them are government subsidized. I think mm -hmm. if uh, I remember correctly, it was under Sally May or Fa I, I don't think remember. that's right. And if you had an income above a certain level, you mm -hmm. couldn't go there. Yeah, so the point being, they don't all operate identically. There's different programs, different price ranges, but you know, this is a whole thing. But the output was, if there was real estate, the real estate had to be sold. Yes. And oftentimes the real estate had to be sold prior to the person taking occupancy. That is a very motivated seller lead. And they're ready to sell anyway, right? Because they need to downsize. They're not ready to take care of the house anymore. Maybe they have medical concerns. So this is a have to sell seller. Okay. Point number eight, find the notice of defaults. Search the zip codes your buyers are looking in for NODs and see if the homes fit your buyer's criteria. Now, these are not usually listed, but they are usually motivated. Here's the thing. You're not going to find droves of them. So those of you whose minds are spinning right now, oh, I've got to get on the NODs. I've got to get on NODs yet. It's a micro percentage, but you might find something that meets the criteria of your buyers that is not in the MLS, thus you won't have to compete for it. You're assuming they know a notice of all this. Back to you. There, exactly. So it, it, what happens depending on the state, a notice of default is what's filed after someone's missed typically three mortgage payments. But I'll, it, they're essentially right now, uh, the mortgage bros will try to make you fearful that there's going to be some sort of big you know, huge housing crash. It, there isn't. There's no chance of that happening. There's too much equity in real estate. Uh, even if in your regional area there's a higher, there's a spike in unemployment, San Francisco, I'm thinking of you and some of these other markets, you're still not going to have notice defaults because people are still sitting on a massive amount of equity. Mm -hmm. When generally speaking, when someone's sitting on a massive amount of equity, they're not going to let the house go back to the bank because then guess what's going to happen? They're going to lose a lot of the equity through the sale process because it's a, essentially a foreclosure. They're not going to want the, to lose the equity. They're not going to want to have a foreclosure on their credit. But what does that give you? A massively motivated seller. Yep. I, so if there happens to be a notice of default that's issued, that seller probably don't just assume that seller doesn't have equity. They might even own the damn house and maybe losing it through a tax sale or it's worth a million dollars and they only owe 500 grand on it. Knock, 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 call, 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 Mr. Seller. Uh, you know, no notice of default, uh, defaults filed publicly. We give you scripts and premier coaching. You don't think that's going to be a seller motivated to sell? There's an actual deadline in the future that if that house doesn't sell, the house is going to go to be sold at the sheriff's courthouse steps in a foreclosure process. And they're going to, the banks, we're going to, they charge up those deals, right? So when there's a foreclosure, the maybe they would have made 500 grand. Now it's somehow magically a couple hundred grand went away and they're making only 300 grand. You guys get what I'm saying here? Very motivated sellers. Uh, and it's not going to be relevant to all of your markets because frankly, there's not going to be a problem for notice defaults. That's right. There will be random dribs and drabs. Okay. Point number nine, mine your own database. This is your past clients, people in your sphere of influence. You guys call that your database. This is your own personal shadow inventory. This is your private MLS. Who owns a home currently who may be a match for your qualified and motivated buyers? This creates two or three transactions for you, all of which you have control of. A lot of our, um, both our premier coaching clients and our elite, our one-on-one -on -one clients are doing tons of deals that way. They're looking at their own database, especially agents that have been in business for a while. They might have two, three, 400 past clients, people they know in their sphere. 
Who on that list has the house that your buyer is looking for? But Julie, no one in my none of my past clients are going to want to sell it because they're all. This is what I've been hearing. Everyone's oh, locked in because of the low mortgage rates. Well, here's the secret, guys. They will sell. Uh, the interest rate on the mortgage does not matter as much as you think it does. Why? Because they have massive equity in their property. So let's say it's, for example, a house you sold to them for 400 and now it's worth 800 and they want to buy a house that's 1.2. Uh, you guys get the point? That's a huge down payment. They can buy the interest rates down. They can get the payments down. Don't just use your criteria to decide whether they're going to be motivated. Ask them <laughs> to help them do the under, essentially the math and what they're thinking about moving up to. I said this yesterday, and it is absolutely true. There is not an interest rate problem. There is not a mortgage availability problem. There's an inventory problem. That's the reason you have to learn, in Julie's point number nine, call your centers of influence and past clients. Call your past clients. Call your old neighbors, your new neighbors. Call everyone and ask them if they have any clue what their house is worth. That's point number 10. Call 100% of your database to see who's curious about what their home is worth in today's market. If they knew that their home is now worth blank, have your MLS open when you're looking or when you're talking to them. If they knew that their house was now worth blank, what would that do to their plans? Ask them. I think, Tim, you make a really great point. Don't use your own criteria just because you're sitting on a 2.75% 30-year fixed and you're never going to move as long as you live. That does not mean that everybody in your database is thinking the same way. In fact, probably 50% of them don't have a mortgage at all and don't know what their house is worth right now. There will be people that won't ever move and they'll stay in the same houses forever, but it's not very many of them. It's a vast minority of people that won't uh, essentially walk away from these historically low interest rates because they have the equity to put down the next house and their lifestyle changes, or they have to move, or just something else happens. It's they a want situation. People move because their situations change, because they want something better, different, or otherwise. That's what the decision process is. It's not, oh my gosh, what's that micro percentage point going to be? Okay, so point number 11. Search your neighborhoods, by your neighborhoods, I mean where your buyers are looking in for, and even if you don't have a buyer, you should be searching for half done flips. The cost of building materials and labor has increased dramatically. Which flippers are feeling the pinch? Certain buyers may be willing to purchase the home and finish it themselves, or at least get in contract pending the finishing of the project. We talked about that yesterday when dealing That's with right. wholesalers and investors, so make sure you lean into those points from yesterday. Point number 12. Point number 12. Condo or apartment conversions. There are still new or newer neighborhoods or buildings which have been rentals but are now becoming resales. So find out what what those are and how they're selling. They're probably not in the MLS. Uh, so here's an example. Julie and I are limited partners in a, a two condo developments, one in D.C., and the other in Austin. I think the one in Austin's 30 units, I honestly don't remember. Mm -hmm. And the original premise of these was, well, we'll see whether we're going to rent these out or whether we're going to sell them when the construction is done. And now, because the numbers have changed, they're definitely going to be resold. Yep. Same thing for the DC project. Mm -hmm. So you might have had somebody who started out as building an apartment complex, but they built them in such a way, firewalls, everything is you know deeded separately, that it could have been flipped to become in a condo complex or something. Here's what really might surprise you, and this is true in LA a lot of times, you might find an apartment building that could be made into condos. And so you got to be thinking out of the box and you got to be thinking about how to create your own inventory. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to go list a building that has 30 units that all could be made into condos? And yes, someone might need to spend some money to get it all legally passed through. But if the numbers make sense, the numbers make sense. That's right. And now how do you find those? You can do it you know, not very efficiently driving around and, you know, keeping your eyes open. But two other sources. One is 
you can pull building permits. That's public record. You can well, find that, out. That's for know. stuff under construction, right? So if someone has pulled building permits, getting, well, I mean, I'm thinking about California. Sure. You have to be building, pulling permits and do it, going through all kinds of studies, sometimes years in advance before building a new home. But yeah, you can go and get the building. This is going to be kind of advanced for many of you. I get that. Yeah. But uh, frankly, if you're in a marketplace that's really uh, inventory constrained. Then get advanced. Get advanced. You better. <laughs> Yeah, and the other one is title agents because they, they're closing it somewhere. The title agents will know who's converting, as well as the investors. Okay, number 13, you knew it was coming. Expired listings, recent expireds, older expireds, really older expireds. You probably can get them their price in today's market. Offer to provide a new comparative market analysis and see what it does to their plans. Okay, a couple little advanced yes. coaching bits on this. Call the expireds from the first half of 2020 when COVID hit. Because a lot of them, if they haven't put the houses for sale, have no clue that the house went up by probably double since COVID. Number two is when you're wanting to know how to get expired information, the worst thing you can do is try to pull it yourself. The smartest thing you can do is subscribe to Red X and they'll do all that research for you. It's Guys, if Julie and I were to ever get back to selling real estate, ordering a subscription and becoming a Red X customer it would be job number one because it makes it so you can just focus on having the meaningful, proactive lead generation conversations with the sellers. They do all the homework. Red X does all the homework for you, finds all the phone numbers for you. Um, gets you all the you know in information on the on the home, and then you call up using our scripts, using our conversation outlines, and then you set pre-qualified listing appointments, and you're off to the races. It's that simple. Text the word red R E D to four seven three seven two. Text the word red R E D to four seven three seven two. Point number fourteen. Point number fourteen related to expireds are the for sale by owners, or what we lovingly call unrepresented sellers especially if they are older than two weeks on the market and still haven't sold. So for sale by owners, why would somebody do that? Go, go ahead. Sorry. So the point is that the for sale by owner script, at the end of the day, you'll be shocked how frequently the for sale by owners are actually just putting their homes for sale because they don't know a real estate agent. And, oh, I didn't tell you the story. This is hilarious. Hmm. He listens to the podcast too. Uh, so I have a coaching client mm -hmm. on Wednesday, okay. and um, he, I won't use his name because he didn't tell me I could. And by the way, yes, Julie has now three spots available if you guys are interested in being privately coached by Julie. Uh, she is selective. She is expensive. But if this is something you are ready to step up to, you can text me directly at 512-758-0206, and we'll have a conversation about whether you're a fit for Julie, whether she's a fit for you. 512-758-0206. Okay. Yes. So this coaching client, mm -hmm. he goes to the local Home Depot, may have been Lowe's, who cares? Yes. And you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> he puts, and, he, and of course it's spring, so they went, uh, every year they put out the little uh, end caps, which is for sale by owner signs, pins, you know, all Stakes, the little for the sale thing. by owner kit for $39 or whatever. So he actually puts a little card, a whole bunch of them, <laughs> on the actual end cap. I don't That's remember awesome. what it said, but he's, in, in essence it said, uh, you know, don't do it if you're thinking about for sale by. Okay, yeah. now here's the here's what happened. Okay, so just listen to this whole I story. Love this. It's a little complicated, but it's funny. Okay. So then he's uh, he said he's driving down the street. He sees this for sale by owner sign in the yard. Mm -hmm. He said he turns his car around. He's in Michigan. Mm -hmm. He turns his car around, goes knocks on the door. Mm -hmm. uh, the seller opens the door. And then the seller, he's, yeah, I'm so-and-so and da-da-da-da. And yeah. I saw your house is for sale. As you're probably aware, we work with, a lot of, work with a lot of buyers in your area. And I always like to keep myself apprised of the homes for sale. And then he goes, wait a second. 
And then he goes and pulls the card that he had stapled or clipped to the, you know, the end cap at the Home Depot and said, is this you? Yes. He listed the house on the spot. That's Why awesome. did the seller FISBO in the first place? Because his wife wanted to try FISBOing and because they did not know a real estate agent. True That's story. right. That kind of thing happens. <laughs> but why did that happen to him? Because he was proactive in two places, right? Number one, he knows, and, and you're right. I mean, we've, we've actually heard real conversations that way. That, that was the our last point, Tim. We okay. don't have to do all of them. Okay. Okay, I'm reading your mind. Yeah, so, yes, you points. and I, when we lived in Georgetown, we were buying paint or something at Home Depot, and we overheard that exact thing in the for sale by owner aisle, where it was like husband and wife arguing about how long they were going to do it. Well, I want to do it for one weekend. I don't want to give up all my weekends to open houses. And it was back and forth. People do not, here's the thing, agents think that for sale by owners have this big, long thought process about they're going to do this and they're going to sell it themselves and this is what they're all about. That's very rarely true. Well, there's another time you mentioned Georgetown. We were sitting in that cute little restaurant and with an earshot, there was a, uh, a we surmised this is what the makeup was. It was, a tri it was three people. It was a mom, a daughter, and her husband. And the husband was the one who wanted a for sale by owner. And we listened to him in his very boastful voice talk about how he's going to sell the house himself and they're going to save all this money. And you could just kind of look over at the ladies. They're like, oh, God, this guy. <laughs> again, again, again. But yeah. what you would have heard had you been sitting there, and no, we didn't sell real estate, otherwise we would have said something to them, yeah. is what you would have heard is it was all about him wanting to be right. It was just him wanting to basically... You know, his ego, he wanted to prove to his wife and his mother-in-law that he actually sell the house and whatever, whatever. Once you get it clear in your head that if uh, most sellers, Mr. Seller, listen, here's a script, pay attention, let's go through three more points. Okay. Mr. Seller, listen, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that you could sell this property yourself. It is in fantastic condition. I mean, you know, maybe it's just good condition, so you say good condition, right? You've done a great job marketing, you've priced it correctly. There's no question in my mind Mr. For Sale by Owner, you can sell this house. But let me ask you a real quick question. If I could bring a buyer by, or when I bring a buyer by, that wants to buy the house, pay cash, no financing issues, no appraisal issues, no issues whatsoever. This is the very buyer you've been hoping for. And, Mr. Seller, the check I hand you at closing meets or significantly exceeds the amount of money you'd be able to get selling it yourself. In other words, I take care of all the liability, I take care of all the hassle, you make the same, if not significantly more, you'd ever be able to get selling it yourself. Mr. Seller, why wouldn't you list the house with me? Okay? I just gave you a script. By the way, you want to know how Julie and I sold over 100 homes our first year in business when we were in our early 20s and looked like we were in our teens? That's how. Julie and I went to Fizbo's. That's what we said. We made that script up ourselves. That is a Tim and Julie original. And it works like wildfire because here's what they say. First of all, the big boastful types, I have given them, I showered on them the love. I've given them the acknowledgement. Compliment, compliment, compliment. Exactly. Remember I said when I started, you can do it. And by the way, say this in front of the spouse and you get, you know, it really will work. <laughs> yeah. You No doubt you can do it. You've done everything incredibly well. Blah, 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 blah. But if you could have your cake and eat it too, basically, you know, why wouldn't you do it? Here's what they'll say. Every single time. Well, if you can show me that you can do that, I absolutely would list my house with you. Or, well, yeah, if you can prove to me you'll do that, I'll list my house with you. Mm -hmm. That is your game to lose at that point, guys. You've now, uh, you know, what, what a lot of you guys are uh, taught to do when working with Fizbo's. I'm going to, you know, call them and I'm going to mail them and I'm going to follow them on Facebook and I'm going to, you know, pop by. and I'm gonna, No, 
hit him with a question that cuts through the bullshit, basically, that gets them to the end result, placating their ego along the way, and they're going to love you, and they're going to list the house with you. Ah, oh, hopefully some of you it's are having my It's easier than you're making it, guys. It's easier than you're making it. What, what part of you wants to make it more complicated than that? Whatever that part is, let's put that one in the back seat. That part needs to be the passenger no longer driving or flying the plane. You guys get it? This business is incredibly easy. You are blessed to be in real estate, especially in a market like this. Frankly, in a market like this, because of what's going on in housing and the economy, but also in a market like this where so few of your competitors have any skill. Point number 15. Point number 15, absentee owners. We're talking about getting more inventory that's not in the MLS. Absentee owners. There's a website called re-investorlist.com and other companies provide this information. Some of your title agents can get this for you. Get the address, make sure it's not already listed and connect with the owners to see what their plan is for the property. Offer a free comparative market analysis to help them decide. This is an especially hot category. You can do this anywhere, but my clients that are in uh, Phoenix and Palm Springs and some of those, you know, uh, snowbird markets, Florida, certainly lots and lots of absentee owners. There are uh, other places where it's buildings like Amelia Island would be an example of that where you can prospect those absentee owners. Well, your next point is the point we already talked about, but absentees would be yeah. people that were uh, don't rent the house out while they're away. Right. So that would be an absentee. And what is it technically? It's where usually the tax bill, but sometimes other bills are sent to an address other than the subject property. That's basically what an absentee owner is. That's exactly right. Okay. Point number 16, we talked about VRBOs on a previous podcast. Point number 17, probate. Well, on yesterday's to... podcast, yes. on the first, uh, it, yesterday's podcast was on our last points. We talked fairly exhaustively about VRBOs. Make sure you go back and listen to that. Next point is awesome. Not very many people know how to do this. We do teach you how to do this in Premier Coaching. Um, and let's tell them about all the leads in a second. That's right. So as probate, when someone passes away and their property needs to be sold by the heirs, it passes through probate attorneys. Alltheleads.com slash Harris for your discount on the service. We'll talk about that in a second. They All the Leads is a company that provides the information as well as great training, suggested letters. We have all of that included in Premier. So probate, another example of a motivated seller. If the heirs are not going to buy it or inherit it or keep the property, which oftentimes they won't, then it's going to have to be sold. So probate and probate attorneys are a great resource of motivated sellers. And it's an emotionless sale. So for those of you who are very rigid about being analytical and you really are uncomfortable with having sort of emotion-based conversations, which you kind of have to learn how to do if you're going to work in the retail of anything because everybody buys things emotionally, well, probate's call on your name. I mean, frankly, probate and probably absentee or VRBOs, because that is a very, you know, spreadsheet conversation. Yeah, for rent by owners, I put in there. Exactly. But probate is you, the if you work probate well, just go to alltheleads.com forward slash Harris. But if you work probate well, you will have maybe three or four probate attorney relationships, and they will send you a steady stream of incredibly motivated sellers. No emotional conversation. House just needs to be sold. Point number 18. Number 18, garage and estate sales. Yes, that's right. They are back and they're quite effective at identifying the next listing in the neighborhood. Facebook Marketplace is also a great way to connect with people cleaning house before they get ready to sell. These are people who are pre-listing. They're cleaning the house out. They're organizing their estate selling, garage selling, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I watched one of our friends here in Dorado. I knew that she was going to move because I saw everything she was putting on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. 
And it was like every day you could tell, okay, today I'm going to clean the kitchen out. They moved to Chicago, those people? Yes, exactly. But I didn't I tell you like six months before, I bet you they're getting ready to move because every day it was a different room (laughs) worth of stuff that they were putting up. Also, coaching client uh, Tammy in Northern Virginia, she went, she was buying furniture for her, uh, her, her farm, basically her farmhouse, which needed Adirondack chairs, found somebody on Facebook marketplace who happened to be a great connection who had the exact house that one of her buyers wanted to buy. So yes, that does, does absolutely work. Guys, there's 10 more points, but frankly, Julie and I are out of breath. So we're going to have all these, all of you guys that are in premier coaching, obviously it's not just a list like we're presenting to you today, but it's actual drilled down, uncovering all the little nuanced approaches to all these different sources of listing leads. I hope you're realizing that there is never, ever a shortage of homes for sale. There's a shortage of agents that know how to actually find the homes for sale. If you want to move past the quagmire that so many of your fellow fellow agents are experiencing right now, you're going to have to learn to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And it's not that hard. By the way, we just gave you a whole bunch of sources. And like I said, that's not even the complete list. There's 23 on this list. That are not just your MLS. I tell, especially our more experienced agents, they are more addicted to the MLS. But what I always tell them is, look, pretend you got your license today and you're working at Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate. And we're your brokers. And we said, if you expect to sell property, you're going to use these 20 different resources. And the MLS is only one of them. What would your mindset do? Well, how would your philosophy change about how you're doing business if the MLS was just a micro resource? Well, I mean, there are, I think there's every reason in the world to accept the fact that the MLS is because of what's happening with buyer agency. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen anytime soon, three to five years probably. But the MLSs themselves are going to have to radically change uh, even more so than they have in the past just for a whole variety of reasons, meaning the agents that want to be successful are going to be the ones that know how to actually create their own inventory. 100%. And, and guys, right now, if you're, uh, if you know that's around, I'm, what would you have been doing? This is, this is fascinating. Like how many businesses right now are, have been invalidated, made irrelevant, all these tech startup companies because AI can do whatever their widget was uh, in two seconds for free. Yes, which happened, it's seemingly almost overnight. In the last 60 to 90 days. Yeah. And, and, and we're just getting started. That's right. So I'm always saying this because if you want to be the radical disruptor, if you want to be the AI to your marketplace, get ahead of the curve and start learning to be a proactive lead generator. I get it. So many people are saying there's no inventory, interest rates this, and this hmm. is the other problem, and blah, 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 blah. If you know how to go create your own inventory, if you know who to call, if you know what to say when you actually speak to them, you are not going to ever have that feeling of doubt, ever have that feeling of lack, ever have that feeling of scarcity, but it's up to you. And if your only go-to is going to be going to the MLS, I think the writing's on the wall as to what your future is going to be like. And I'm sorry for you for being so stubborn not to actually have more confidence in your ability to actually, you know, be of service to people at a higher level. Ultimately, isn't that what the buyers are expecting you to do to go beyond the MLS? Because they can do that anyway on Realtor.com and Zillow. Aren't your sellers expecting you to go beyond if they have a house that they want to buy and actually do more work than just going to the MLS? Are you getting the point? Those of you who are just going to still try to do the laziest thing you possibly can, you're not going to be in the business. There's just no two ways about it. It's already happening. So compare these two facts. Super low inventory as seen in the MLS. Exactly. Okay. But, and yet, record quarterly sales. 
So how do you marry those two things together exactly? So stop that. Let's let's roll that back because you said two things there that we're assuming they understand what you meant. Yes. All right. So when you, when you guys hear about these, uh, when you hear about all the housing pundits talking about homes for sale, inventory, all this you know stuff that you hear everywhere, CNBC, Wall Street Journal, um, you know probably other podcasts. They're using all the data that's from the MLS. And if you know, I know, everyone knows that in some markets, 50% of all the homes are sold outside of the MLS. That means we're only getting half of the picture of what's actually transacting in the real estate markets. Now, if, for example, they're projecting, what, 4.3, 4.4 million yeah. home sales in the next 12 months or whatever, what if the actual number of actually what's happening is more like double that? How does that change the whole premise that we're in some kind of you know, scarcity-minded housing problem, blah, blah, blah. It all changes. All the narratives change. Well, I'll give you guys a little secret here. That is the the scarcity of uh, people thinking there's not enough homes for sale. That's never going to change because all these uh, talking heads that know all about real estate are only going to use statistics from the MLS because they don't know how to do all the things we just told you. And meanwhile, as we speak on this podcast, would it surprise you to know that there are motivated, qualified, cash or pre-approved or even loan committed buyers who are so desperate to find their own house that they themselves are door knocking to find it. Absolutely. They're writing letters. They don't have a real estate license. They can nope. write letters. I mean, they're they're going way out of their way to do... Hell, there's probably some of them listening right now and taking better notes than you are. That's right. If your buyer is prospecting harder than you are, you should not be telling them that you are their agent because you're not. You can't let that happen. It's, you guys get it. This is your game to win or it's your game to lose. It's up to you. So the next natural step for all of you is obviously to join Premier Coaching. The links are in the bio or the descriptions. Don't wait on that, guys. You love this podcast. It is the nation's number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. Can you imagine the experience you're going to have in Premier Coaching? Just go to premiercoaching.com or click the link in the bio. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. By the way, over 2,000 podcasts you can download and listen to anytime. Something like 1,800 YouTube videos. What are you waiting for, guys? Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.